Hello, and welcome back to A Texan Abroad. This is the 26th in my series of 30 political conversations, video podcast that I'm doing that will conclude less than a week from today. Five days left, only five podcasts left, four after this one, um, before the U.S. elections. Uh, you can catch the video versions on my Instagram feed, a.texan.abroad, or the audio versions on my podcast feed, A Texan Abroad, available on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about immigration and the movement of people from one place to another, globally. Um, and today, we're going to take that conversation a step further, maybe a little bit more broader, not just the the fact of people physically moving from one place to another, but those ideas and businesses and uh, other concepts moving across borders, something we call globalization. And that's actually where I'd like to begin, is what is exactly globalization? A lot of people talk about it, the word is thrown around from time to time, but not many people really understand what exactly it means, or it means different things to different people. To me, it is exactly as I just explained. It's the idea that, or the concept, the notion, that things spread around the globe. That is ideas, that is business, that is even people, physically. The idea that you can live and work wherever you want, that you can talk to whoever you want, you can sell your products or provide your services to whoever you want. Essentially, to me, globalization is the breaking down of borders. Um, the intermingling of people, the intermingling of cultures and ideas and beliefs across the world to become a global society, not a local community. Um, which, that notion that I just explained, the global society versus a local community, it leads me to the second question, which sadly I think a lot of people would uh, answer in the affirmative, and that is, is globalization a bad thing? I think when people think about globalized, they think about big business. They think about a Google or an Apple or a Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, something that is far-reaching, Walmart or McDonald's. They, they think about some business that is no longer um, cares about the communities in which they operate or in which they serve. That is part of it. Absolutely big business uh, and big countries and big everything have an upper hand when it comes to a globalized economy and a globalized society. That is true, but I would say that's not what globalization is about. Globalization is about every aspect of connecting people across the globe. So that, you know, coffee farmer in Colombia or that person who uh, is a great marketer and lives in you know northern Canada or Alaska, some things like that. They can also sell their goods and services to whomever's willing to buy them. And the global supply chain allows us, the infrastructure, the logistical infrastructure, allows us to connect those people, those goods. The uh, you know internet technology allows us to connect those people and communicate in communicative ways. You know, that is what I say, or what I think, when I mean globalization. And so for some people, they look at that big business and they think about how heartless it can be. And I think sometimes it can be. I think other times, uh, I have a good friend who's an economics professor. And one of the things he, we talked about, the, the one time he came to visit me here in Moscow, we were sitting there discussing big philanthropy. 
and he had worked on a project, I believe it was uh, uh, doing something about renovating a decommissioned power plant. And one billionaire was able to provide the funds in order to actually affect, uh, to recommission this plant and provide electricity to a lot of people. There's no way that a small group of people or even individual uh, you know, philanthropists could have combined to do this one thing that this big philanthropist did. And he talked about this project in, in kind of a passionate way that sometimes it's actually really good uh, that you have big business or, or people with a lot of capital, a lot of resources, so that they can provide things that individual communities can't provide. Um, globalization is the reason that actually it's, it's much easier to live abroad at this particular time uh, in society because you can get access to a variety of goods. It's actually also the reason that certain people have things that they never had before. They have, they have options. They even have, uh, talking about like clean water and good food uh, and other hygienic products right now, masks, uh, sanitizer, other things that need to be delivered to the corners of the globe. They have those because of globalized supply chains. Um, so again, I, I think that we think about local communities um, and the kind of disintegration of them when we think about, not we, I should say some people think about glo you know, local communities and globalized economies and that they are at, you know, at odds with each other. I would say that's not the case. Another thing that people think is pretty bad about globalization is almost kind of a, a working towards a monocultural kind of existence that everyone, you know, young people are starting to see and experience you know, the same TV shows and movies and books and other things, they're glowing up in much more of a monolithic uh, culture, right? Something that is very similar. A child growing up in, in you know, big city or medium-sized city in China and one in Europe and one in America and one in Australia and South America, they might have access to different goods. Even those goods actually might be more similar uh, this day and age but they are growing up with the same exposure to same ideas and that leads to kind of um, a little bit of a dilution of culture and that is a kind of negative effect i think but also i am one who tries to think rationally when it comes to this word culture the idea that just because something is old it should be revered if there's a really old apartment building um, even if it's a historical building because Pushkin or someone else happened to live in it. Is it better to keep that old building, um, maybe even if you have to renovate the inside, or is it better to tear it down, to understand and appreciate what, was, what happened there, but to actually put a more modern building that can house more people, perhaps in a better way, a better quality of life for those people who are going to live there? We have, uh, as a society, as a global society, and I don't think there's any society uh, or culture in the world that is exempt from this, we have a reverence for the things that are old, for the greatness of, of history uh, and of those people who filled it, again, like Pushkin. I don't think there's any problem with having reverence. I think when we let that, that emotion, that idea, take over what is right and what is good and what we know to be better, that's where we have a problem. And so I think in that way, globalization is not the tearing down of culture. It's more the rethinking of people's places in history and in society. We should absolutely read Pushkin's poems and stories. We should understand the significance of this building behind me or any other building um, and understand why it, 
why it was important in the story of humanity, in the story of Moscow or Russia or America or Texas or anything else. But appreciate it for what it was and don't revere it in a way that keeps us from moving forward. But let's, let's move on to some other strengths and weaknesses, some drawbacks and, uh, and benefits of globalization. I think one of the big ones is more opportunity, but also more competition. So there's more opportunity for businesses, small businesses, medium business, obviously big business, but there's also more competition. If I'm going to sell my potatoes, yeah, now I can sell them not just in my city, I can sell them uh, you know, in the county, in the state, in the country, in the world. Uh, I can sell my service as a teacher, as a trainer, not to just those people right next door, but to people you know, a little bit away or very far away on the other side of the globe. But that also means that other teachers can also sell their services. So there's a more highly competitive nature. So at the same time when it brings opportunity, it also brings a lot of uh, access to the marketplace because there's a lot of providers. Um, it, we, have become, we have become more connected. We are able to actually find other people that are similar to us, that have shared interests. If I like a type of music or a type of game or a type of book, a type of art, a particular artist, whatever it is. If I'm a huge, again, Pushkin fan, sorry that I keep bringing him up, but he's a, an amazing uh, Russian writer and poet, and he's on my shirt that I keep looking at. But if I am a huge Pushkin fan, I can find fans like that all over the world and spend countless hours online talking to them, sharing stories, sharing information that I've learned. That's great. But that also means the spread of disinformation and bad ideas and even racism or bias or prejudice can also be spread in that same way. So while it connects us, that connection can be dangerous when we trust the thing that comes to us. Um, we also are a little bit more open-minded, as I talked about with kind of the way that we view what is right and wrong. When we have a more globalized culture, we understand that actually everyone should probably have the freedom of speech. To feel free to say uh, whatever it is that you think and whatever it is that you believe, no matter how archaic or how modern that belief may be. We are open-minded about the rights and uh, freedoms of, of people across the world, but in the same way that kind of detracts from how much we revere and understand culture, local culture and history. So how do we go about actually managing these pros and cons? I think the main thing generally is education. We need to teach people how to take advantage of this globalized economy, how to start your own business and build it, um, but how to do it in an effective way. And understand if you're not good at a particular thing or if uh, the global kind of competition drives you out, there's other opportunities for you. Find something that you love and keep doing it and spreading it around the world. As I said before when we talked about work, Work doesn't and shouldn't, shouldn't be something that you do just to make ends meet. You should, with this globalized economy, with the gig economy, you should be able to find the thing that you like to do to create, to provide, to make the world a little bit better place for anyone around the world and do that thing that you love. So you're not just worried about you know, the bottom line, so to speak. Um, we need to teach people how to connect, yeah? how to interact with one another, especially even online. I know that, as I've said before, I prefer face-to-face -face communication, but the more that I'm doing online lessons, the better I'm actually getting at it. 
the more I understand we can have. I just had an amazing conversation with four really bright individuals and we laughed and talked and had some interesting discussions for nearly almost two hours today. It was incredible. We are getting better at it and we need to educate people about how to do it. But we also need to teach people to understand that just because you connect with someone, you have some shared interest, doesn't mean that person has their, your best interest at heart. We have to think about things critically. We have to take responsibility for our own beliefs and our own actions. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't talk to everyone who's out there who's willing to talk to us. Um, we need, lastly, I think we need to understand and remember the culture and the past of the place we came from and not just the place we came from. Again, places where we visit, places where we live, understand the importance of these buildings, these people to the place where we are. Revere them, understand their place, but also keep an open mind. Uh, understand that maybe we don't, we will never know all of the context of history, but history doesn't control us. Yeah, history doesn't control who I'm angry at, who I'm not angry at. It doesn't control what I believe or what I think or what I say or what I do. I am my own person and I have to be responsible for all of those things myself. Um, I can understand exactly what happened before, what my parents thought, my grandparents, my forefathers, the people who founded my country or my city, but that doesn't control me in any kind of way. The last question I'd like to touch on briefly, which is, has or will this pandemic killed globalization? Yeah. Has it killed or will it kill globalization? A lot of people, I think a lot of people in Western countries, or at least people who are middle class or well off, the thing that they miss the most right now is the ability to travel. And actually, Kim Kardashian just got in trouble last weekend for sharing some videos and pictures about her and her family uh, exploiting their wealth to take a nice vacation. We miss traveling, right? We, we see the borders closed and we have this sense that the world is getting smaller, not bigger. Actually, I would say the idea that we've instituted remote work in so many different areas of life, that's going to free us from the physical, the geographic tethering to a particular place. And I hope that it actually will push globalization further than it's ever been. It will allow us to travel around the world, to live on the road if you so choose, and to explore all of the beauty and amazement of every culture and every city and every people that, this, that occupies this world. So think about that. Think about where you want to go when these borders open. And until tomorrow, I'm a Texan abroad.